Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. This is a show about the creator economy. I'm joined today by my regular co-host, Haley and Miguel. But we also have with us the man who Billboard described as someone who has largely avoided the press, <laughs> our CEO, Nathan Barry. Welcome back to your own show, Nathan. <laughs> it is good to be back. Things have gotten a lot more professional around here lately. We have a countdown and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like we... Well, you all know what you're doing and, uh, you know, it's actually quality compared to amateur hour when it was just Barrett and I. Well, it's just one of us is nerdily obsessed with streaming. So that's what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) That does make sense. We have Nathan on the show today to talk about the fact that um, ConvertKit recently acquired a like whole nother company, which is really exciting. We acquired Fanbridge, who made email marketing software for musicians, which is super exciting. We want to talk to Nathan about the why, like why we decided this was the thing we wanted to do as a company. And just to talk about email marketing for musicians in general and why we're excited about that as an industry. So Nathan, tell us about this acquisition. Yeah. So I'm going to drop a a blog post that I just just published as well. Um, If you go to nathanberry.com, you can read some more behind the scenes about it. I guess high level about the acquisition, we started talking to FanBridge back in September. Uh, It's kind of a fun moment. It ties back to creator sessions, actually. Because Haley's been booking these incredible artists for creator sessions. One that she booked that we were really excited about is Mandy Moore. And Haley, we started that. When did the Mandy Moore episode actually premiere? Like this year, right? In January? It premiered in January. February. 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 It was. It was February. It was the first week of February. Yeah, but for a little behind the scenes for people who don't know, sometimes these things take many, many months to come together. That was one of those. And so I watched the rough cut, I think, of... Mandy's episode in September, or maybe we were just talking about, it, I don't know, but I was curious and I was like, who does Mandy use for email? Cause it would be great to have her on ConvertKit. And that's when I looked it up and, and saw FanBridge. And, uh, I immediately thought like I was going through their site and then I saw a phone number and I was like, well, let's just learn more about them. And so I called them up and was trying to see, like, I was pretending to be a music manager. <laughs> if you have, have they forgiven you for that, by the way? <laughs> oh, well, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. If you need someone for corporate espionage, um, I am not your guy. Not your guy. <laughs> no, because I called them up and just asking questions. You know, as a music manager, you know, understand the platform, wanted to bring some artists over, just trying to get a feel for the, their business and if there'd be any interest for us to acquire them just as we expand into music more. And Scott, who... I talked to, um, was super helpful. All of that. What I didn't know is that as soon as we got off the phone, he's like music manager. And he looked up my 208 area code <laughs> and which is Boise, Idaho. And so, and so he's like a music manager in Idaho. There's probably not many of those. I called from my cell phone. He knew like <laughs> 10 minutes after I had called, he had looked up who it was tied it back to me and realized that. So anyway, corporate espionage is not my thing, but we can get into all of the details. I just say at a, at a really high level, we're bringing well over a thousand new artists to ConvertKit by acquiring FanBridge and we're really, really excited about it. Heck yes. Why is music something that we're getting into other than the fact that like it's cool? <laughs> <laughs> Haley, you want to take that one? No, man, I want to hear it from I know why, but I want to hear it from your perspective. I, I, I think because so much of this backstory is you launching ConvertKit in the beginning and talking about the creators that you want on on our platform. Yeah, well, first, everyone should know that ConvertKit is just an elaborate, I was going to say ruse, it's more than a ruse, a plan. You know, if we were in the UK, we'd probably call it a scheme. 
You know, something like that. <laughs> Not a pyramid shaped one, though. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Scheme as in, whenever I hear British people talk about scheme. A caper. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a well-executed strategy to get Taylor Swift as a customer. And we have, it's eight years in the making. And this is just one step on the journey. And so we're, we're getting getting closer. That's why we're expanding to music is to get Taylor as a customer. <laughs> to get Taylor Swift. <laughs> if I can give a slightly different answer, yeah. <laughs> this is what I told Charlie before we started. It's like this entire company is just one giant, giant plan <laughs> to get Taylor Swift. I just need my budget like 10 x and then I can make it happen. <laughs> what do you think? What do you say? How do y'all feel about putting a pause on profit sharing? Ooh. To get Taylor Swift. <laughs> These are the tough trade-offs that we have to make, right? <laughs> yeah. Haley's going to come back and think about that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why are we expanding into music for a serious answer? That was a very serious answer, but I'll give you like a, a businessy answer. Do you want a businessy answer? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the businessy answer is still a real answer too, you know. <laughs> it is. So there's a couple sides of it. One, in doing, you know, email marketing for creators, building a, a marketing platform for creators, we really mean all creators. And I think early on people... Like we started in bloggers, podcasters, um, writers, and that's great. That's where a lot of us feel most comfortable. That's where our early network was. But just because that's the circle that we're in doesn't mean that represents creators. And so as we've expanded, um, you know, to YouTubers, fine artists, like that's my favorite thing about craft and commerce is the range of creators that you have represented is so incredible. And so you know, we realize like musicians have all of these same problems of needing to build a direct connection with their fans, needing to drive attention to a new launch, you know, needing to get people together in a location for a show. It's all the same problems that other creators have. And we just really want to expand that circle and really say, you know, we exist to help creators earn a living, not one subset, but all creators. There's other sides of it. You know, musicians are, it's an incredible fun, incredibly fun world to be immersed in. Like we actually, this is a little, I guess two years ago, we were at one of our leadership offsites. We were in Portland and I remember, you know, in this rented Airbnb and we had like company plans all around, like giant stickies taped up on the walls and, and all of this stuff. And we were talking about, you know, strategy and where to go, what to invest in. And one question that we asked is, when you have that elevator pitch for ConvertKit, right? Someone is asking like, what do you do? You make software. Okay, what? who is that even for? You know, and, and, and all of that. We were thinking about two ways to answer that. One, what's the most fun answer to that? What would we be most proud of would be the other side of it, right? So fun and what makes us proud? Because we're a self-funded company. We get to work on kind of whatever we choose. And what we all said as we went around that room is that, Musicians are the creators that we admire the most. You know, we haven't gone to concerts in a long time, right? But, Sadly. but yes, <laughs> um, you know, that's just where we want to spend time. It's what we're so excited about. And it's also taking a lot of our message around serving creators mainstream because everyone follows musicians, whereas maybe not everyone is following um, bloggers, or podcasters, though those are also now very mainstream. So, those are a few angles of it, of it's what we're most excited about. It's a huge opportunity. It's serving all creators. And then actually just the last side, because we do actually do 
due diligence from the business side, and we do pay attention from that, <laughs> is we did we looked at the comp- the competitive landscape, and there were four uh, companies in the email marketing for music space. Mailchimp is the biggest by far, um, and a lot of musicians use them because they're kind of the default. Weirdly, Salesforce Marketing Cloud is number two. And a lot of that is because they have these big deals like with Atlantic Records or something like that. And so then it's sold from the label all the way out to everyone. Fanbridge was number three in the space. And then ConvertKit, you know, in the music space was number four. And so it's basically looking at like, okay, there's not a lot of competitors who are directly focused on music. So there's an opportunity to take our platform and bring it to that area. And then when it when we had the option to acquire, you know, after the multi-billion dollar companies, you know, the next biggest company in the space, then it's like, okay, we can get real momentum here and get us one step closer to having Taylor on the platform. <laughs> Which is what it's all about. <laughs> if I can give another like a way to add to this from a brand perspective as well, yeah. is that we as a company want to be supporting the creators who drive culture because those are the creators who are like changing our world, right? And so much of culture is driven by musicians. And so that's like a really exciting, I don't know, I'm just excited about us taking this approach because of uh, what that means for the impact we can have on on helping them, right? Reach next levels in their career so that they can get more of their music out to the world. Because, you know, what if the next Taylor Swift starts on ConvertKit? That'd be our goal, right? To be with her from the very beginning and be fans of her along the way. (laughs) That's another fun point in the story. Um, An internal Basecamp post, Haley, you talked about Maggie Rogers and used her as an example for exactly that of you were referencing, I think it was a video of Maggie Rogers at NYU. Why don't you talk about that for a second? Yeah, it was uh, a video. There's a, a wonderful video. It ended up going viral. So I'm, I'm sure many of you guys have seen it, but it was with Mandy uh, or uh, Maggie Rogers and Pharrell. And it was the very first time that he hears her and she's sitting with her professor and a small group of students. And you see Pharrell's face change, you know, and she's a student. She's a university student at this point. And Maggie's known, I think, for blending so many different genres of music. And so for someone like Pharrell to be sitting in this room and hear something that he had never heard before, and you see his face just like he's blown away by that moment. And Maggie Rogers was a star in that moment. Like she became a celebrity in that moment. And um, in the Basecamp post, I talked about getting Maggie Rogers before she was Maggie Rogers. And that's, you know, one of the kind of points to all this is, is how many new, and you, you know, the statistic I don't, but how many new artists are submitting stuff on, on Spotify and all the different music channels every day, every month, right? Every quarter, it's a massive market and it's a market that is fueled by emerging musicians. And we want to be the team that helps these emerging musicians connect with their audience. So ultimately they can, they can get to where they want to go. You know, like that strategy and what we're trying to do around music combined with the free plan that we launched a year ago is really trying to say, okay, when you are just getting started and you're doing those first couple coffee shop shows or whatever else, right? Like you need a way to connect with your fans. So you can do that for free through ConvertKit. There should be templates ready to go. There should be, you know, that, that are musician focused. There should be uh, creator sessions to inspire you and hear more of the backstory of artists And you should be able to get those first 10, 20, 50, 100 fans. And then the idea would be that, you know, the next stars would come out of that. You know, the like, I don't think Taylor Swift ever made a conscious decision 
to sign up for MailChimp. Like, okay, let's hmm. do, let's do a whole lay of the land. I think <laughs> I, I have assessed all email providers and decided that MailChimp is the best. I think it was just that in 2008, 2007, you know, who knows when, right? It was just like, we need an email provider. MailChimp is free. Let's go with that. Yeah. Like you said, it was the default at the time. It was the default. And so part of what we're doing is making ConvertKit the default so that all this entire next generation of artists will grow up on ConvertKit. Yeah. Also, fun side note, Maggie Rogers is a FanBridge user and is now a ConvertKit user. Woot, woot. Awesome. Full circle. I know. Love it. (laughs) So if I'm a musician and I'm like just starting out, I'm probably not thinking about email. I'm thinking about getting my stuff on Spotify. How do I get my music in front of people? So why should a, you know, a budding artist care about email in the first place? Can we talk about that a little bit? I think it's a lot of the same reasons that, you know, we encourage email for people who are building, like for YouTubers, for Instagram influencers, you know, people who are building something on, on a bunch of different platforms is you still want that personal connection, right? You might get discovered on Spotify, you know, um, getting your song. Like I was talking to an artist a couple months ago who she got her traction from um, TikTok, you know, and she got her song used in a few um, uh, influential TikToks. And then it just, it took off. She got a record label, a record deal out of it and all of this stuff, right? There's sort of that discovery that's going to happen on other platforms. Email is not a good discovery platform. And that's something that you should know, you know, right up front. Email is a connection platform. And that's when, you know, you have the 100,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and you're like, great, I want to tell them about, okay, I can't, you know, and you're trying to pull them over. And so having these things, you know, from your social, from other places that drive to email where you can have that direct connection then you can actually do the part of it, you know, where ConvertKit comes in of, hey, we're here to help you earn a living. More than just the tiny little cut of every stream, we want to help you sell merch. We want to help you, you know, show up in a city and email, you know, the 300 fans that are in that city and get them to come to a show. Email is the super fan. That's where your super fans are. So when you're sending, you know, like, I can't tell you how many artists I listen to on on Spotify where I might like their page, right? Or people that I follow on Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And I'm just a casual follower, but I don't sign up for anyone's email list unless I really am a massive super fan, right? Because your email inbox is such a personal space. And so when Maggie Rogers or Mandy Moore go to promote their next tour, right? The conversion rate on email is going to be directly tied to their super fans. And it's going to be so much higher than them promoting that thing on social. And they might get more awareness on social, but they get better conversions through email. And, and I don't know, mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. Great. Great ending to the sentence. Haley. Can you, can you say mic drop after your own? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she, she also tapped the desk to make it sound like she did. <laughs> In an audio medium, I think you can say it. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Owning the access to your audience part, I think is huge, especially for independent musicians, right? Starting out. We put a lot of trust in these platforms we build audiences on, right? Like YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, even Spotify, right? And um, there's this one independent artist that I've been following lately. I've talked about on the show before in regards to Among Us. This is Corpse people. We're having another Corpse reference. <laughs> but he has had a problem on Spotify where because he's an independent artist, his page can't be like verified because he's not with a record label. So other people can actually upload stuff and like get a song appearing on his page. 
has happened before. And that's not great, right? Like, I don't know. It's just these platforms where you don't have control, you can't trust them fully. And so it's best to own that access yourself. And yeah, with an email list, we don't own that as ConvertKit. We're the platform you can message people through, but anytime you want, you can download that list and like, I don't know, open up a Gmail if you really wanted to. Like it's it's yours. <laughs> we wouldn't advise that though. I will just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is, you know, owning the relationship with your fans is mm-hmm. probably the biggest reason. There's everything going on, not to make too many Taylor Swift references, but you did invite me on the show. and Yeah, and, we knew uh, what we were getting into. <laughs> exactly. We knew this would happen. If everyone's been following over the years, Taylor Swift, you know, and Big Machine, mm. with her masters, you know, being owned by Big Machine, and then Scooter Braun coming in and acquiring that and then getting sold, like Ithaca Holdings, and right, it, it just goes through this whole thing. The masters are worth a ton of money. And, you know, Taylor is an artist got screwed over by a combination of, you know, her music arch enemies, her label and private equity. And so a lot of this crusade that she's been on, rightly so, is saying, you know, the artist should own their masters. She's also pulled off some amazing moves in re-recording it and then withholding the ability, like her as a songwriter, the ability for the originals to be played and like used in music and all of that. So yeah, I'm definitely on the side of the individual artist rather than the private equity side. And so I'm like, cheering that, you know, I don't know that private equity deal is going to end up being so great because of some great maneuvering on, on Taylor's part. But I think it's kind of the same thing of as an artist, you should own the relationship with your fans, just like you should own the masters to your songs Mm. rather than, you know, the record label Spotify or, you know, relying on the algorithms from Instagram and YouTube and others and email. There's no algorithm. You own that directly. And so I think that's something we're going to see a lot of over the next um, few years is ownership on, you know, the artist truly owning something, whether it's a relationship or their masters or anything else. Yeah. I love what Teddy just said in the chat as well. Wouldn't be a future belongs to creators podcast if we didn't shout out something Teddy said in the chat, but this one, he says, build your audience online and then you don't have to wait for a record label to pick you. You pick yourself. And I really like that. Yeah, I like that. What are some ways that you all would like to see your favorite musicians using email? Because I feel like a lot of musicians still think of it as purely marketing rather than connection. Um, and that's like some work we're going to have to do to get them to change that perception, right? Because I think that email is actually more powerful as a marketing tool when you treat it as a connection tool. So we're going to have to like encourage them into that. But think of your favorite artists. How would you like to see them using email? Or maybe they're doing it already. I don't know. Nathan and I actually talking a little bit about this in a Slack thread, but you were talking about trying to um, getting to the point where you can teach musicians why writing is important, right? And I kind of rebutted a bit and I said, they already know that writing is important. Their entire business model is built on writing the perfect song. It's about teaching them that, that email is a way to connect to their audience because they've used so many other tools. And I've seen this time and time again in creator sessions, you know, while talking with managers about how artists are using, you know, I get that opportunity to talk and build relationships with so many managers. So obviously email naturally comes up and very few of them use email as a connection tool. And so Charlie, you kind of answered this question in your question, but that's what (laughs) I want to see. What I want to see is musicians using email as a tool to connect to their audience and show more of the behind the scenes side of things 
as it relates to creating some of their music or even using email as an inspiration tool to talk Mm. with their audience, right? And to create a two-way dialogue. I'm feeling X today. I'm in the middle of writing this song. I'm stuck. Help me out. You know, it'd be really cool to see it be used as an as an inspirational tool to help help musicians kind of complete a project that they're working on, which I think will ultimately make their audience feel more engaged. Johnny Swim did that. They did it over social media. But if you imagine applying that same model to email, they did um, songs with strangers. So they would write an entire song with a stranger online, you know, in like a 12, 24 hour period. And then they would publish the song at the end. Imagine if they were using email to engage that same sort of response from their super fans. That'd be a really cool way to see musicians using email as well. Well, I think that's what Micah Singleton, the journalist from Billboard who covered, you know, the launch um, was getting at when he, he, so he titled his article, ConvertKit plans to bring newsletters to the music industry with Vanbridge acquisition. And he gets into a bunch of the details there of, um, you know, what specifically we're doing and, and everything else, but he starts to make comparisons to Substack and the rise of newsletters and, and everything else that we're seeing across, you know, across ConvertKit and email as a whole of, of creators taking this personal approach and showing up and, and sharing, you know, the behind the scenes, the, their story, why they're doing something, bringing it back to Taylor Swift again. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> Goth reference of the uh, show. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's the sort of thing like what we're doing with creator sessions, like what she did with her, you know, show that came out on Disney Plus of the Long Pond recordings, you know, of having that behind the scenes voice. We're seeing so much more of that. And and that's what I think email is so good at. And that's what newsletters are great at. And so we're really trying to bring the stuff that all of these creators in the newsletter space are doing so well. And we're saying like, hey, musicians, you should do this too. You're already incredible writers. Right. You know, writing to your point, Haley, writing is such an important part of being a musician that, you know, bring that uh, bring that voice to the email side. Absolutely. Yeah. Behind the scenes stuff is what I want to see from my favorite artists, too. I feel like a lot of them are starting to do that more and more on YouTube or Instagram stories like that behind the scenes content. And it would just be cool to see that at an even deeper level via email for sure. Well, and tying in with uh, what James said, James, yeah. saying, anyone who creates music wouldn't know what an email responder was if it hit them on the head, um, <laughs> which there's a lot of this, right? Where, where people are, are jumping from the trendy new platforms and, and all of that. The interesting thing for those of us who have been in email for a long time is that email is now the trendy new platform, which is, <laughs> it's kind of wild. Like you know, you're looking at the amount of money flowing into the space and, and the level of um, artists and athletes and, and journalists and everyone else that's coming to email right now. But the great thing about email and the autoresponders that I don't know if James knows or is missing or, or what is that you can automate that get to know you sort of thing, right? So if you're putting this content out there, in addition to putting it in Instagram stories, it's going to disappear and all that. You could take that and put it into a series. It's like a get to know the artist or you know, some of this behind the scenes and it would be automatic. And if someone signs up for your list today versus a year from now, they're going to get that experience that you want them of how you want them to get to know you crafted and fine tuned um, over email timed exactly to when they subscribe. And that's really powerful. Yeah. The other thing that I'd like to point out is that every artist, regardless of type of artist has it who has excelled or is currently excelling in email has an experience where they were pushed to email, 
right? They are like, oh, this thing happened. I lost all my engagement, so on and so forth. And, you know, and then I realized the power of email. It's always like something that happens, pushes them to email and then they'll never go back, right? Look at Jenna Kutcher. She's a great example of that. She talks about email all the time, but trying to get an artist to adopt email before they have that moment of something happening, right? With what, with algorithms or social or someone hacking their Instagram or whatever the case may be, I think is the challenge is right. Is saying like, you need email and being able to say like, it's just that thing. It's like, they got to experience the pain. You got to hit rock bottom before you know where to go. (laughs) And so it's like that, that to me is the biggest challenge is getting getting artists to realize why email is so or musicians specifically getting them to realize why email is so important and how it can be actually a bigger catalyst to their success and and growing in deeper relationships with their audience versus just using it as a marketing tool to fill seats. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I think artists are pretty similar to comedians or other people in the entertainment space. And you're going to see a lot more of that sort of this resurgence in, in email, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger just started an email newsletter on ConvertKit a month ago, which is incredible to see. But if you go back and look at like, take Kevin Hart as an example. Yeah. Uh, if anyone has read uh, Kevin's um, book, uh, you can't make this up. It's really, really funny and wonderful, but he talks about how he went as a comedian from, you know, just being one name in this long lineup of, of um, comedians and all of that to selling out his own shows, being the headliner, adding multiple dates. And he talks about it in detail in the book. The difference is that he started collecting email addresses. Hmm. And then he was the one when he showed up in Pittsburgh or whatever city, he had 500 or 300 fans in that city to email. And so he could drive the show and they went, oh, well, Kevin's selling the tickets. So now next time, He's the headliner and these other people are opening for him. And it's the same thing for artists. If you have the ability to drive the fans, you have that connection, you're going to become the headliner. And time and again, we've seen email be the way that people do that. I love that. That's a great example. Well, we should wrap up because I know Nathan has another meeting to get to. He's a very busy (laughs) and important person um, who has largely avoided the press. So we're lucky to have him here with us today. Go read Nathan's blog post about this on nathanberry.com for more information on this acquisition. And yeah, thanks for joining us today, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, well, we'll see you all in the next episode. All right, y'all. See you next week. Bye, friends. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creative journey. Wow.